Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Rant with me. Today, I'm going to start off with my very first uh, review, and that is going to be on uh, The Phantom Menace from the Star Wars franchise. Uh, so let's get right into this. I know a lot of people, uh, have their issues with the movie, but I've always, I've always enjoyed it personally. Um, I have it up on Disney plus right now. Uh, and so I'm just kind of gonna skim through it and give you my thoughts on all of it. So I know a big thing was the whole Naboo blockade. Um, with all due respect. Oh, I didn't realize the <laughs> My bad. I thought this was... Okay, there we go. Sorry. I thought I had muted everything. Um, so the whole blockade of Naboo. A lot of people were confused about that. What what happened was... Um, the... Uh, there's there are areas of free trade zones to conduct untaxed businesses uh, out in the mid rim and outer rim and stuff, and the Trade Federation is one of the largest uh, mega corporations in the galaxy. And so, uh, when the Senate passed a bill that made those free trade zones eligible for taxation, the Federation retaliated by blockading Naboo. Uh, this was also a bit of a ploy because Palpatine was the senator in Naboo and he figured that if he had the Trade Federation blockade his home world, uh, everyone's going to like feel sorry for him and get some political sympathy and that would allow him to uh, become chancellor, which if you've seen the movie, <laughs> that's what happened. Um, and so the whole plot, the Phantom Menace plot itself is such a... It's a, it's a smart plan, really. Um, I love Liam Neeson as uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he's wonderful. I like the, the designs of the battle droids. I've always liked the battle droids. And even for 1999, like, I'm looking at it now, they they look really good. They really, really do. And I've always, I've always liked the battle droids. I thought they've always been a great addition to uh star wars um they get a bit goofy in clone wars um and sometimes that's kind of funny but other times i'm just like oh my goodness like work on it <laughs> work on your on your programming i guess <laughs> um but like the trade federation i really like their aesthetics i love like the nemoidian culture and their robes and mitters and the lucre hulk ships and all that stuff. I just think it's so cool. And that um, on the Lucre Hulk bridge where you see the, uh, the like the doorway or whatever. And like they can talk to uh, Queen Amidala through the their wall FaceTime Zoom thing. I think is, it, I thought that was a cool invention. I'd like to see more of it. Or like their Mechno chairs. Those are cool. I love their um, invasion stuff the their landing craft oh my goodness there we go the their landing craft the the mtt's the aat's snaps all that stuff i love i love the designs it's very well done uh naboo is such a beautiful planet and of course it really makes us feel sympathetic i think mainly with it being so similar looking to earth um and just so beautiful i think a lot of people uh 
would be more sympathetic than if it was, say, if it was some ice planet or a lava planet. I don't think as many people would care as much. Um, the Gungan cities, uh, their bubble cities, are so beautiful. I really love... That's some unique architectural ideas that, you know, you don't need to have every city in, in science fiction being, you know, streets with weird buildings, you know? It's it's this... It's something else. It's, it's bubbles. <laughs> and I like Boss Nass. I always thought he was an amusing character. Jar Jar doesn't bother me as much as uh he used to uh i used to you know i used to be like a lot of people and just thought jar jar was an annoying but now i kind of see a bit of um uh what's the word i'm thinking of uh, just like kind of a nostalgic like oh jar jar like <laughs> i love him uh, if only he was the Sith Lord, that would have been, that would have been great. Um, also the Naboo sea creatures, the OPC killer, the Colo Clawfish and the Sando Aqua Monster are all wonderful, great, varied designs that I really enjoy. Uh, I have this book called the wildlife of Star Wars that came out, um, a little bit after episode one, and it's just got all these cool, like Star Wars creatures in it. I just... I, I like it. it. It's very cool to see all that. Um, Theed is a beautiful city. Uh, I like Captain Panaka. Um, the scene where uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Jar Jar rescue the Queen and the Governor and all of them, and they head to the Naboo hangar to get on her ship, <laughs> and the, the droid commander's like, where are you taking them? <laughs> And Qui-Gon says to Coruscant, he's like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I just think that's funny to me. Um, and then, like, you get to the scene with uh, the Nemoidians, Nuke Gunray, and Rune Hako talking to Palpatine. And they're like, we can't find him. And it's like, not for a Sith. And then Darth Maul appears. That's such a, that's such a cool scene. Um, Moss Espo was cool. To see, and I, the thing about like Moss Espo and Moss Eisley is, it's always fun to like look in the backgrounds of these places and just like seeing all the different creatures and people. And then Watto, I, I like that he is a uh, unorthodox looking alien. You know, he has like the the elephant nose. He's got webbed uh, toes. He flies. He's this blue, ugly swamp fairy creature. <laughs> um. And it's interesting because Toydarians are one of the few uh, aliens out there that are immune to uh, force persuasion. And so I thought that was a really interesting uh, uh, xenology that the Toydarians have. And that also kind of brings me a little bit later with uh, Sebulba, the Doug. And I like his like camel-like head and his like fin ears, and then he walks on his... Uh, arms and then he uses his legs to do stuff. I just that's very interesting to me. So I like that they get real. Um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Unique with their alien designs, and I'm sure with uh, <laughs> I almost said CNN with their CGI. Um, I think that that allowed George to get real crazy with some of the designs for it. Um, 
I think C-3PO being built by Anakin, I think that's a really interesting thing because uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are like these two, like they're, they're like the, they, they are the two most famous droids in Star Wars. Um, and, you know, R2 having such a great relationship with not only Anakin, but also Luke and then Anakin also building 3PO. Uh, that's a really interesting uh, uh, thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't have good words. Word words hard. <laughs> um, and then let me get to my my favorite thing of 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 the whole movie: pod racing. I think pod racing is so cool. And I wish pod racing was real. And it's just, I love that they had all these different designs. And uh, I like the two-headed alien announcer. And I love that one of them is Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, and then, like, having, like, the flags of the different alien species. Because, all right, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd of Star Wars. And I'm not going to lie, I know all 18 pod racer pilots uh and their home worlds and their species uh, i just for me personally as a kid i always found the aliens of star wars to be like probably like my favorite part of it i've always been interested in like the background i want to see how you live in star wars you know i don't get me wrong i love the story to death i love star wars but the the everydayness of Star Wars and like the, the the aliens and their cultures and all that—that's what has always excited me. Uh, so uh, you know, I as a kid, way back in like 2007 for Christmas, I got the Star Wars: The Complete Visual Dictionary. Oh, I have spent hours and hours and hours looking through that, and I—that's how I learned so much about them uh, and stuff. Uh, but the pod racing scene is just so good. I love the um, the sounds they make, especially like Sebulba's. Uh, Sebulba's pod has like such a great uh, sound to it. And um, it, it's fun to watch. And it's cool that you see uh, Aura Singh in the uh, pod race background. It's really fun because, and that's one thing that I really like about Disney Plus having all the Star Wars movies and all that is that um, having it in like such good uh, visuals. I don't know if these are all 4K or not. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. But it's really fun to like be watching the movie and then like pause in the background and just look at some of the stuff. Because like I know a lot of people always get angry about the prequels being like green screen and blue screen and all that. But actually, uh, the prequels had more um, practical effects and building stuff than the original trilogy ever had. Uh, so, like, the Moss Espa Podrace Arena, they built that. And they had all these little, um, like, the little styrofoam peanut things. They had those, and they used action figures um, to, like, line it all up to make it look like a crowded, and they would CGI all of it in and all that stuff. So it's in like the, the pod racing scene, like the first row um, they built the actual pod race engines. And I think they used uh, old um, airplane engines and then they 
done them all up, which I think is super cool because, excuse me, because essentially you just have two uh, plane engines strapped to a, to a cockpit, which is uh, very dangerous. Um, but the, the pod racing scene, like I said, is hands down my favorite. The crashes are spectacular. I love the uniqueness of the designs and the, and the, and the crashes that they did. Um, oh, and of course, you know, coming back to Tatooine, you get to see Tatooine in another light. And then you get to see it, not necessarily, I don't know if more civilized is the right answer, but you do get to see Tatooine at like a, uh, on a grander scale. And I know we only had Moss Eisley before in episode four in Jabba's Palace in episode six, but it is, um, it, it is interesting to see such a, large event and you know here's a little fun fact for you guys uh anakin finished his pod race in about 15 minutes that was about how long the whole pod race was so that was always a little interesting thing of you know it's like if i lived on tatooine and i there's the big bunta eve classic it's like all right my head down there and the whole thing and I'm sure there's probably a big buildup, you know, probably like the week up to there's there's like interviews and and probably maybe a little smaller pod races beforehand and stuff. Um, but I imagine it it was quite the um, quite the event, at least on Tatooine. Um, and then, you know, Darth Maul almost running over Anakin and fighting Qui-Gon briefly. It's crazy to think that. That's the first time in a thousand years we have seen the uh, Sith and Jedi engage in one another. It was just a brief duel on a backwater planet. And, well, as far as we know, that is like the earliest... Well, I think, yeah, prior before episode one, uh, Darth Maul did duel that Twi'lek Padawan in the Darth Maul comic. Uh, that was a good comic. I really liked that one too. So technically that's the first time, unless there's any time in like high Republic era that, um, a Sith was doing stuff, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's see. Coruscant. Coruscant is one big city on the whole planet. Uh, they are, there's a trillion people living there. Uh, I love the designs. Uh, and like uh, uh, when they when they first talk to Palpatine, I, I believe it's his suite. Um, it's so beautiful, it really is. Uh, and Padme's silver, well, I guess technically it's um, her decoy. Uh, but I, I mean, I guess it technically is Padme's. But Padme's wardrobe in this film is probably my favorite out of the three movies. I've always really enjoyed her queen wear, like the big, um, the, 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 I am backtracking a little bit, but back when she was on Naboo with the red dress and her big brown hair wig looking thing, I love, love that design. I believe that's from, I want to say it's an Asian culture from back in the day. I want to say Mongolian, but now I'm not 100% sure. But it is really cool that George uses so many different cultures. And um, 
you know, combine stuff with them. So like, like I said, with that, that was inspired by an Asian, uh, Asian, <laughs> an Asian design for Padme's wardrobe. Um, recently, I learned that the gaffy stick that the Tuscan Raiders have is inspired by a Fiji um, indigenous people's um, weapon that they used. And it's stuff like that where, you know, Fiji's a tropical island. And so they use that. I mean, I don't know what they used it for, but um, comparatively to the Tuscan Raiders on Tatooine using the gaffy stick for their own purposes, it, it's cool to see those kinds of designs used for different purposes. And that's always been something I, I try to do in my writings is try to um, use things from real life from different cultures and utilize that in a fantasy or sci-fi setting because it, it really is a lot of it really is beautiful and i i want to showcase that that beauty um skipping a little bit ahead uh <clears throat> excuse me uh the jedi council scene uh we get a whole bunch of more new alien species in there and one of my absolute favorites is uh yarrow poof and he's the one with the um the long neck in the background and i was so sad that he uh died um between episode one and two it was because um george was creating the kiminoans and he didn't want people getting confused between the two so they had a new council member in, and then the writers were like i guess he's dead uh in legends he act well i'm going on a on a <laughs> <laughs> on a tangent there and i'll get to some of that other stuff in another um another podcast so uh it, again it is very cool to see more uh alien variety um in the jedi council at least because it's really only um i believe on the council only mace windu and depa bilaba uh are the only two humans on the council then everything else is a, wide range so that i always enjoy seeing that diversity and stuff um the the senate uh i will say though real quick i don't like throughout the prequels that mace yoda and kiati mundi are the only three that talk during the council meetings like i get it because like time restraints i guess or whatever but like i do want it to feel a bit more filled out i guess you could say instead of just the same three people talking um and then like i said the sorry if i sounded louder now i i um, my head's closer to the screen i was looking at the senate scene um i really love the design of the senate i like that it's um the the chancellor's um tower i guess you could say and then everyone's all in the middle i wonder what it's like to be on like the very bottom <laughs> you know like how are planets um like who decides where they get to go you know it's always been interesting and then like having the uh another thing that's always interested me is the queen of naboo voting uh enacting the vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum, which is interesting because I would expect that uh, a member of the Senate would be able to do that and not a planetary leader. But Star Wars politics is a bit strange at times. Another thing, I love um, Valorum's and then later Palpatine's uh, vice chair, Mass Amida, the, the blue guy with the, the horns. I've always enjoyed that design too. I always thought that was a cool 
one. Um, it is kind of funny though because in the in the prequels, I will sometimes stare at the the lower horns, and you can watch them kind of wiggle back and forth because it's obviously just like a uh like a mask or whatever and so that's always been amusing to me i only have 10 minutes left because i can only do 30 minutes on my computer but i can do an hour on my phone which is weird so i'm gonna keep going um i didn't think anakin was that big of a deal in this movie i thought he was always i thought jake lloyd always did good on it like what else can you do you know uh this scene where padme reveals that she uh, you know, that she is the real queen. Like, that always blew my mind as a kid. And I think that's cool that the queen was played by Keira Knightley. Um, so I wonder if she will ever pop up again in Star Wars. Uh, the battle for Naboo is very cool. I think that uh, the the battle in the grassy plains against the Naboo army, like when the, the battle droids come out and they get activated. I love the music. I love the sound. It, it's so... It's scary because that is a it's endless waves, you know, and the droidicas droidicas are super cool. And I kind of wish that they were utilized a little bit more and in a bit more of a scary way. Uh, Duel of the Fates is hands on probably the I think it's my favorite Star Wars music. Honestly, it's so good. And Darth Maul's double blade lightsaber and then looking like a demon just it's so good and fighting in the plasma area um with obi-wan and qui-gon is so cool with the pillars of plasma energy because the planet score is actually made up of plasma um and that was actually a re uh, a reason back in legends why the planet was um chosen for interest by darth plagueis in the darth plagueis novel and i highly suggest reading that novel because it's very good even if it is legends uh Qui-Gon's death is very sad and it was cool to see um Obi-Wan uh it's a bit brutal but Obi-Wan cutting Darth Maul in half like yeesh that's brutal um a little fun fact uh in the celebration scene uh at the end of the movie when the Jedi Council arrives you can actually see um a, a guy who's a stand-in for Mace Windu because it's supposed to be Mace Windu, but it's not Mace Windu at all. It's a completely different guy. I, I wonder if Samuel wasn't uh, wasn't was not available, so they just had his body double or something. But I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, I'm also glad that they touched up uh, Yoda because his, I think his Episode One puppet is like the ugliest thing I've ever seen, and it's creepy. Um. It is interesting that they do burning pyres rather than, like, a burial, I guess you could say. I mean, they do that for Padme in 3, but for for Qui-Gon and for Vader, we both see them burn the body. And so that is interesting because I can't imagine it smells very good, <laughs> you know. Um, also, the music at the end of the movie, uh, the kids singing or whatever, it's actually Palpatine's theme uh, sped up. And so that's kind of a crazy um, uh, thing that they did. Um, those are my quick thoughts about episode one. And I will do more in-depth stuff for about more um, specific items of the movie and uh, and how it relates to other stuff. But, at, like you know, as a kid, I have always enjoyed 
episode one. I think it's a cool movie. And I like that that's the beginning of where we start. You know, the 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 galaxy is at peace. Uh, granted, there is a corrupt bureaucracy in the Senate. Uh, but it, it's it's where it all began. And I've always liked that kind of time period around there of before, you know, shit hits the fan. Um, I wish people didn't um, dog on it so much. Uh, you know, it, it's made for 12-year-olds. You, you, you're going to get 12-year-old... Uh, what was stuff for a 12 year old to enjoy you know so you can't be you can't be mad about that i don't think but i just i've always enjoyed that movie and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting world building and that's one thing i've always admired about george is his world building and that's how i've always strived to be with my writing is is doing something really interesting. I really, I, I, I honestly highly recommend uh, a lot of you out there to uh, watch the behind the scenes videos to Star Wars and listen to George talk about this stuff. It's really quite interesting. Um, in case you didn't know, he's a uh, a practicing Buddhist, I believe, and that's where the idea of the Force kind of came from. Was that like inner chi and all that stuff? And uh, that's always been really interesting to me uh, about George and how he utilizes that kind of religion into the force and then all that. Uh, oh, and like midi-chlorians. I, I don't think midi-chlorians are, it doesn't dis diminish what the force is. Um, they just, if my memory serves me correct, and I will go into topic about this later about like stuff in like the Clone Wars and stuff like Yoda's arc in season six. But from what I remember right now, without looking anything up, I'm pretty sure the midi-chlorians just store the force. Like, like midi-chlorians are, I believe, an organelle inside a cell. And those organelles store the force. So when you have that higher count, you're more prone to the force. And I don't, and again, I don't think that this diminishes it because, you know, as the Jedi say, the force is in all living things. So of course you would be able to pick up on that, I guess you could say. And, you know, now that I think about it, I understand that people are like, well, you shouldn't be able to measure it. it, it it's, it's the force. It comes from with it. It's magic, you know, and I get that. I get that. But you know, when when the creator sets something in stone, especially in a movie, you you kind of have to make do. <laughs> Poor George, always changing ideas because he's always coming up. And you know, I I totally understand that. I keep changing things over and over because you're never you're never satisfied, I guess. But for me, episode one, I'd probably give it. Oh. If I had to be honest, maybe, uh, oh, that's a good question, actually. Maybe like a 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Uh, some of the CGI is a little wonky at times because you can really tell when it's a CGI background. And um, Jar Jar does take away from it a tiny bit, but... Um, if you're like me and you play the FFG Star Wars RPG game, and if you look at all the movies and the TV shows as an RPG campaign, uh, 
it makes it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, the side tracking and the and the side characters that join your party and all that stuff. But overall, I think it's a decent film. It does world building. It sets up the beginning of the of the saga itself. You get all sorts of cool new things. Darth Maul, double bladed lightsaber. You get to see the Jedi at the height of their power. Uh, you get to see how the Republic works. You you know, there's 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 so much to it, and I really want people to go back and take another um opportunity to like admire it because it, it's really well done um i have about one minute and 30 seconds left uh i will next time i will do uh attack of the clones i think i'm gonna do all the movies first and then we're gonna do clone wars rebels resistance battle like i'll probably just kind of go chronological chronological a little bit i don't know I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> it's going to be whatever mood strikes me. Uh, and I will try and be better on my wording. Because I know I do a lot of us and like stuff. And I tend to repeat stuff. Um, and I'm doing it now. But I like doing this kind of in like a radio-like format. So get used to it, I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm just having fun with it. I want to talk about Star Wars. And I like Star Wars. But other than that, I have about 40 seconds left. So if you enjoyed that, I really recommend um, subscribe. I don't know if you subscribe on this, but, you know, keep listening, you know, keep enjoying it. Comment to me, talk to me, get others to listen to this stuff. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, next time we will talk about Attack of the Clones. I thank you all for listening to me ramble. And I hoped for you to listen to me ramble again next time. See you later.